0: Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners, to another Isla Ra Sessions. Uh, this time we have with us one of our co-hosts, Rebecca, who will be taking us through her four Isla Ra books. Um, so, yep, uh, strap yourselves in, and uh, and we'll see everyone over at Grant Mansion. Hi Loonies, uh, it is your high priest Conchu Ray here and I am with the other co-hosts of Into the Night, Connor uh Connor is uh, here. Hi Connor, how are you?
1: Hello, I am doing good. Glad to be back in this mansion. Uh yeah, I mean, contrary to what we've read, good things happen in this mansion Mm-mm. when we are together. <laughs> and uh, and of
0: course we have um, Rebecca who's doing her Ilara tonight. We thought it would be a bit of fun. Uh, one of the co-hosts going through their Ilara. Rebecca, how are you? Welcome to Grant Mansion. Hi.
2: Um, thank you. Um, I'm sick, but good. Apart from that, so apologies if you get any coughs or sneezes or.
0: That's right. Sort we of
2: like. Grouchy voice
0: <laughs> uh, Little do the listeners know, Connor and I, we actually broke Rebecca out of uh, Mount Sinai Hospital um, You know, just to, to be with us here tonight uh, We had to make our way through a, a swathe of the hand uh, Saw a bit of Daredevil on the way But we are, we are here now And um, yeah, we can't wait to get cracking So hopefully Rebecca, hang on, why don't, um uh, why don't we all just walk down here uh, and we'll make our way towards the uh, the main room, and uh, we can fix you up with a uh, a cup of tea or something stronger, Rebecca.
2: Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Nice cup of tea, bit of brandy. Excellent. That's all you need.
0: <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, as um, as we are walking here, and as I've shown a lot of guests before, uh, Konosu, you, you'd know this as well. To to the left there, we have the um, the uh, the room of Konosu there with his his statue, um, which we we go and worship him every now and again, don't we? Oh, uh, I mean, look. You've He's been pretty cheeky lately, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, as we kind of go down, further, we've been uh, we passed uh, Mark Specter and, and Marlene's bedroom with the um, the jacuzzi and the squeaky velvet. Uh, Connor, you've uh, you've been in there as well, I'm sure. Oh yeah, that I sounds
1: mean, really dodgy. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it, it is it depends, as dodgy uh, as, as it sounds. Depends whether you like buttered crab, I guess.
2: <laughs> Connor, you've been we've been hanging around that bedroom. Right?
1: <laughs> it's a really nice bed Rebecca come on fluffy pillows has <laughs> yeah, <Connor's>
3: been <laughs>
0: <laughs> Connor's been serving up the uh, the budded crab sauce there so uh, th- that's been all, all been pretty good and uh oh yeah here we are um we make our way towards the fireplace nice um beast skin rug this time um and uh, yeah let's just make ourselves uh comfortable here and we'll wait for Samuel's. But actually, um, while we do that, let's just cut to a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back.
3: All right, well, let me ask you this then. If there was one comic character you'd want to spread the good word on, who would it be?
0: Mm, look, that would have to be Superman. He is your bastion of good behavior. Yeah,
3: I reckon soup. I mean, I was going to say Moon Knight.
4: Moon He's all right. Moon Knight. He was the fight. A moon knight.
3: Uh, I thought. I mean, I think he's a really good role model, but whatever. Superman. Superman makes sense, I guess. Yeah, probably Superman. Then fine, I'll agree. Hi, I'm Connor, a fan of truth, justice, and the Australian way. And I'm Ray, Lex Luthor Sympathiser and Brainiac Groupie. And we're your hosts for Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast where two Australians, one superfan and one newbie to Superman, cover everything, anything Superman. And it's going to be awesome. We're even going to dress up as Superman. Um, I'll probably be more like Bizarro, but sure. So coming soon, make sure you guys keep an ear out. Look forward to catching you then.
4: Whoosh.
0: Whee. Yes, welcome back, loonies. We are here, nice and comfy in our leather seats. We have the crackling fire. We have some classical music in the background. Um, let me just ring the bell, and uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just wait for Samuel's to come around. Um, Rebecca, what do you feel like to to uh, to warm the throat?
2: Um, yeah, a bit brandy. Go on, bit Let's of brandy. Do it properly, excellent, yeah. excellent.
0: We'll get uh, some eighteen-year-old brandy. Uh, Connor Shu, how about you? What can uh, Samuels get you?
1: Well, oh, I think I'll grab uh, some. Uh, what can I say? Uh, day-old tea. I'm excellent. Get it fresh from the supermarket a day ago. Real, real vintage. <laughs> Straight from the
0: bag. Excellent. And uh, look, I'll, I'm going to go for a whiskey. So we'll just wait for Samuels to turn up. But. As you well know, Looney listeners, we are here at Grant Mansion, and we are doing an Isla Raya. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go through Rebecca's um, four desert island books. Um, but as always, there's a set of questions that um, you know. Just like to um, like to chat with you, Rebecca, as well, just to so other Loonies kind of uh, get a better picture of um, of you know who you are and and, and how you got into comics. Um, so I guess yeah. the thing that we always kick off. Um, with first is yeah, Rebecca. How did how did you get into comics?
2: Um, through my parents, my sisters. Um, hey. I started reading with Asterix. Right, pretty much. Yeah, oh, I learned to read quite late, or I admitted learning to read quite late. We're not entirely sure. Uh, I was uh, I was a bit of a. I, I went to a free school, mm-hmm. which well, I don't know if they they don't call them that now. But one of the schools where you turn up and you're allowed to do whatever you want. Is that is that like Montessori? Is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah. but I think I think Montessori even have a little bit more direction now. You okay. literally turned up and you could do whatever you want. Oh, wow. So I refused to learn to read. Mm-hmm. I decided I couldn't read. Um, Even though I kind of know, but I must have been able to read a little bit because of the... Th- but, you know, we, we used to do, like, terrible things, like... Um, we'd have painting, and I decided I didn't like painting. Mm. I painted my hands red and told them I was allergic to paint because <laughs> that was a rash. That's very so, smart, you know. And you know. Um, so I, I didn't learn to read properly till I was seven, right? So quite late. So my mum started me with a lot of uh, Asterix from okay. the local library. Okay, and then so that that's where And then we used to get comics instead of pocket money.
0: Awesome,
2: that's great. Yeah, so like there's... I've got two sisters, and we'd be get taken to the newsagent. Mm. And they we, we had very basic comics, yeah, from America. Like we had some British ones, um, but the ones we got from America were like digest versions, and they were all in the wrong order, ah. so you'd never have like this <laughs> continuous line. Um, so we started off with like I think we could each pick one comic, so we'd go in each week each get a comic and then swap them. Oh. And they were mostly I think we'd always pick from like Spider-Man, uh X-Men. Mm-hmm. And it was usually the original X-Men at that time. I think I remember when New Mutants came out and it was all like I don't know if I can deal with this. <laughs> uh too radical. Occasion okay yeah, occasionally the Avengers, but we were always put off by Captain America, which is <laughs> kind of funny, now. which is very ironic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's fun. really ironic now because he's like absolutely one of my favorites. But yeah. I remember, like, as kids, going like Why would we like Captain America? Like, mm. it's totally not for us." Yeah. Um, so we are just buy, and but very little DC. Funny, I think we'd occasionally get a Batman, but yeah. it just didn't appeal to us as like little kids. I guess
0: was it available there as well, or was it just more Marvel stuff? And that's I why think you...
2: there, there must have been yeah. at least there must have been a Batman, Batman, Superman. Sure. I, I just yeah. figure that. It was never going to be as colourful, so I'm guessing the younger we were, the things like Spider-Man are always going to scream out at you. But those were our ah. two favourites, Spider-Man Next Men. Yeah. And then we'd kind of get one of the British, like, stupid weekly ones, um, which were more like comic strip ones.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then swap them around. And then for, like, Jewish festivals, well, for Yom Kippur, which is the one where you have to go to synagogue all day and you're not eating anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and kids obviously don't have to do that. My mum would take us to the... We'd get, like, three or four times as many. No. Oh. So we'd sit in the synagogue quietly and read comics. <laughs> That's so cool. And, and, also, and also loads of sweets, because nobody expects children not to eat anything. And we'd just go, and like, there'd be all these kids who just sit at the back of the synagogue and be eating and <laughs> like reading. Um, That's great. But, that, but it just meant that every week we had something. Mm. And then we'd go up to visit our cousins and i think they must have done the same because we'd always be swapping yeah and they'd have all the war comics that came out here so they'd have um mm. we have this commando comic no
0: yeah. no
2: it was like these were all coming out in like little a5 versions okay um and it was like that's uh and then dan dare and and all this roy of the rovers all those kind of ones that you hear of being very stereotypically british yeah uh, were all ones that I never really enjoyed them as much because you know, what? Did... Not that not that I believe in gendered reading, but I was no. never really that interested in war when I was a yeah. child. Oh, fair enough. I mean,
0: I'd imagine the same. I don't know about you, Connor, as well. I mean, growing up, I didn't, I wasn't particularly
1: drawn towards war or anything like that, as well. Um, Connor, I yeah. like, yeah. I like, had a weird bias against them. I was mm. like, these yeah. are not comics. Why are they being sold?
2: Right, I mean, yeah, I think war. my cousin got them because uh, he'd have the G.I. Joe and Action Man toys, Right, so they'd yeah. appeal to him on that level, but he wasn't really that interested in the kind of war side, so the fo- the Roy of the Roversy football ones were much more him. Um, I, I
0: tend to agree with you, Connor, as well. I think growing up, I think war just wasn't was superhero-y enough for me, like... Um, you know, if you were to delve into comics and stuff. So it was like, it was kind of, I found that a little boring and a little, a little, uh, plain, I guess, because I think similar to like you said, Rebecca, as well, um, at a young age, kind of drawn to the colors and stuff. So, um, Incredible Hulk with the green and the purple well, was very striking, you know, and I remember yeah. that being very, very into that. Um, even Superman blue and red, same with Spider Man. So I think the colors really appeal to me, which is interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about. Um, you know, as a, for a yeah, young mind, because a
2: lot of it was done. Because yeah. yeah, a lot of it was done with printing costs and stuff like mm. that. But they are very appealing, especially the front covers. And yeah. then, of course, X Men for us at least had female characters. And I know that it's hard to judge now whether that's me sort of saying, oh, I liked it because it had women, mm. or it had women because I liked it because I loved Spider Man. Yeah. Um. Um. But I do remember being extremely excited at finding out Kitty Pride was Jewish.
0: Oh yeah, but you have that, and like, and
2: and and, and, a, and a young kid, like she was what thirteen or something. Yeah. I mean, she was like, she, like was, yeah. she was definitely a tween. Yeah, she was the um, she was a
0: young, youngest ad. Of them. I always remembered her to be the the youngest ad of <laughs> the whole group.
2: Right. Yeah. So when she was introduced, she was probably about the age I was when I was reading her. Mm. And so, um, get- and and it was this huge thing, and it's it's one of those things I always remember when people now talk about representation. Is like, mm. yeah, look, I I loved Spider Man, I loved every comic I read. I loved mm. Asterix, and none of these have got anything to do with me. But like, there was something very special about coming in and going like, and she's Jewish. Yeah, like she's not only my age. Yeah, But like, you know, it's just like, it yeah, very little of it makes it into the comic. It's not like, it's not representing my life in any way. Yeah. I'm like living this perfectly normal life. Yeah. Um, and then my mum died when I was 11, mm-hmm. um, having been this huge influence on what I started reading. Yeah. In terms of she's the one that got me to read and the one who felt guilty about me not reading. Yeah. And certainly the one who championed Asterix and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and bizarrely, it gives you another tie into superheroes they've always lost parents
0: yeah, oh okay yeah, so there's another identifier Ooh. there I guess for you as well which um yeah I like, yeah and,
2: and, and, it, and uh, there's a definite switch then to like comics that are about making your own family mm. because then you know you sort of like cling to those a bit more, but it makes you feel less weird as a person yeah yeah um, especially as like it's not normal. To be, like, one of of the very few people in your entire school who's lost a parent. And that was throughout... That was right until I finished at 18. It's like, I'm always going to be one of the only... Because it's not normal to lose a parent under 18. And and that's... So, you
0: know, like... um, How you'd be known as, like, remembered by... I'm imagining by your school school friends and school um, colleagues. um, Because that... Well, I mean...
2: We left where we were leaving. We were living up in Yorkshire mm-hmm. uh, when my mum died, and we didn't stay there much longer because my dad had to leave to get a job because um, he was at university at the time. So all of a sudden, we did this massive house move, mm-hmm. and uh, and and yeah, I, I remember. I know that, like, on the day of my mum's funeral, for example, they announced it at assembly. Oh wow! Okay. That everyone should oh. uh, that everyone should be nice to us. And I never never hated anyone as much as the head teacher <laughs> did that because I was like, the next day the people that you hate most at school, like imagine this, like your biggest enemies, mm. coming up and being nice to you. Oh, that wouldn't mean. And you're me. just wanting to punch, and you're you're just wanting to come and punch someone Yeah. because you're like going, N- no, like you know. And then then I moved to this uh, boarding school, mm-hmm. was where I went next, and it it, it was a Jewish boarding school, uh, so we'd have. Uh, we'd go to synagogue uh well you know have many times a day doesn't mm-hmm. really matter i think like we would do services three times a day we wouldn't necessarily go to synagogue three times a day mm-hmm. but we would we'd do it for the festivals as well and there's specific times that you do prayers for people who've died who are in your close family mm-hmm. and everyone else would leave the synagogue and there'd be like 10 people left mm who'd lost either a parent or... A bro- I mean, you only do it for parents, siblings, yeah. and children. Yeah. So nobody's there going to... It's going to have lost a child. Yeah. So, um, uh, well, maybe some of the staff. But you're left with... So everyone just walks out. Mm-hmm. And you're left with these, like, very few people. So you become very identified as one of the only people who... Yeah. And, and who have to, to go. did you that. form
0: a connection to the others that, that were there, that stayed behind, or...?
2: Uh, more of a sort of, like... Not really. I mean, like, a little bit, but not, you know, it depends. Yeah. A little bit. Like, you'd, you'd always recognise that you had to go through this and it was very artificial, that mm. everyone else was having to leave and you were having to do this sort of... Yeah. These prayers, and it was always a little bit awkward and, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah right. But, well, I mean, like, just taking a, a little step back, because um, I'm, I'm intrigued, actually, um, when you mentioned right off the bat that... Um, uh, you, your mum in particular, but you you got into comics because of um, because of reading, like you know because of um, yeah. picking up the reading, and yeah, yeah. Um, so that was was that because I don't know. I mean, just like you know, growing up as well, uh, my parents and and where I grew up around, no one ever considered comics as as a as a medium to to you know enhance reading. Uh, so so was that? Um, did you say was that your your mum's? Um, Initiative, or, yeah, or it was, or was my it mo- my mom? Was it common? Like, is And it,
2: the local library,
0: yeah. Okay, well, I, I'm just wondering if it's a I don't know if it could be if... a UK thing as well. I don't know because, kind of, did you were you drawn were you led towards comics at all? Um, you know, to, to, to promote reading and all that? Oh, so I certainly hadn't been,
1: uh, yeah, not really. Um not really for us, especially since I grew up in a you know small town, a school where you know grades one to seven were a whole like forty eight kids mm. combined, yeah. and you know obviously a smaller town library. Plus, we had the movies at the time, so it was like yeah. a really different environment for comics um. reading. So you just kind of got it from the movies and never really—that's um, true, yeah. Uh, the more exposure from the comics, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm more exposure and to
1: I mean, yeah, for us it was like. Almost like tie in books to stuff on to like cartoons and movies that would inspire reading, yeah, less so the the comic books The comics,
0: yeah because Rebecca, um we, I, I know that yeah,
2: we absolutely had to our yeah. um yeah our children's library um, was just full of comics, yeah, right. It was, yeah. it, it was just full of Tintin and Asterix. Well, that's exactly and what I was... Like,
0: you're, that's exactly what I was uh, you're
2: either one or the other, yeah. you know, like, which do you like best, Tintin or Asterix? I'm
0: just wondering, um, in Europe, is that, yeah, Tintin and Asterix, uh, they might have just a higher profile than, say, you know, them here in Australia, and... and... I mean,
2: I, I don't know any library that doesn't have a full set of them all.
0: Oh, really? Wow. Okay. That's a big yeah. difference, Yeah.
2: Apart from, like, you know, ones that have fallen apart over the years. But, like, all the Asterix books I have are all from the library I used to run. Mm. As they became, like... As they started falling apart, I'd be like, oh, I'll I'll buy them. Yeah. And um, (laughs) then we'd get new ones. So, so, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things to help kids read. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that weighted towards comics. But it's like everyone recognises them because then they read it when they were a kid. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, like, you know, so you naturally go to it and, like... Yeah, a lot of parents will go to it automatically because like they were like, "Oh, we like this." That's fantastic. And while while they might not, because you know that it's wholesome content as well. Mm. Like you don't necessarily know with a Batman or a Deadpool, man I guess. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not saying that they're not wholesome. No, no. I think on the whole, I don't think on the whole most superhero comics are. Mm. Um, but like, you know, the Asterix ones, the, the Asterix and Tintin mm. both have heavy amounts of humour yeah. they're very, like, they're very slapsticky. Yeah. Yeah. They've got things that your kids are going to get even if they're not reading, reading.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, that's very interesting and, and, like, yeah, it's good.
2: It took me a long time to get some of the, uh, the puns.
0: Oh, okay. Like, yeah.
2: I, I, don't, I don't know how old I was before I realised, like, dogmatics was actually a word. Oh, yes, same. And not just the name of the dog. Yeah, yeah. And, like, all that all the, the, all the, the chief was actually called Vital Statistics. <laughs> and not yeah. some weird name that I'd made up. But, like, yeah. um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, you can keep going back to them and getting more from them. No, that's really good. And they're, you know, they're obviously
0: very different from the American say, slash Marvel DC comics. Uh, I mean... I dabbled a little when I when I was young as well, and and just that the, um, the the writing and I guess the the layouts and, and the storytelling is a bit different, more so I think from Tintin, than Asterix, mm. um, yeah Asterix, um, but yeah, yeah yeah
2: I never liked Tintin as much I have to say again because he was a bit American goody goody for me right. So, which is, as we all know, yeah. like, I'll say it out now, Captain yeah. America is one of my favourite <laughs> characters. Yeah. So, like, this is, it, it's it's amazing. But then, you know, 16-year-old me mm. would have told you how much I hated America. Never been, didn't know anything about America. Mm. Thought it was the worst country in the world married an American. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so, which yeah. some of my, some of my school friends still can't quite get over. Um, yeah. But I lived there and I married an American. And I was like, you know, like, what, what do you believe at 16? Is not always right. You know, it's like... Yeah. You're you're very... You're very sure that everything is factual. And you know that this is the worst thing ever. Um, Yeah, you can't bank on... And I was like... I was... I was such a little socialist. Like, down with the fascists. And down Mm. with this. And... (laughs) and you know, you, you there's cert- there's certain things that you change your mind on.
0: Exactly, you, your ideas change and develop as you grow up, and and it's uh, yeah, I think it's certainly. I mean, some aspects you can carry on from um, from you know your your younger years, but yeah, definitely that's what I find as well. Your opinions and your your views change, so it's um, only natural. Oh, um, we uh, thank you, Samuels. We have our drinks here. Rebecca, there's your brandy. Thank you. Yeah. Connor, there is your tea straight from the bag. That is as fresh as.
1: Oh, mate, <laughs> gonna be, gonna be chatting up with uh, a certain boy at the diner later with the uh, this uh, relatable <laughs> tea bag goodness. Oh yeah, well we might go there.
0: Why, why not go there soon? Uh, and thank you, Samuel. There's my there's the uh, the whiskey. Thank you, my mm. oh, good sir. Um, we'll just give you a bell. I think when we're ready to leave, I think Connor's just mentioned, and I think it's a good idea we might head to to Jenna's diner a bit later on, uh, maybe in the second half of this uh, this episode. But thank you, Samuels.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Well, um, as we kind of move on, Rebecca, I guess the the, the second thing um, I'd like to ask, and we've kind of introduced it in the last few Ileras, is it's kind of like a hashtag um, support your LCS. So. Um, what I usually would like to ask as well is that if you can describe um, what your LCS would be, um, and I know that you've you've bounced through a couple, but uh, maybe maybe the ones that the one that you currently <laughs> use, uh, and not a
1: loyalist. Oh my God, Rebecca, come on, <laughs> <laughs> the worst, the worst, the worst. <laughs> Um
0: but, but yeah, and then maybe just a rundown of the layout, like uh, as you walk in, you know, give a vibe of the place. What is it? So um, yeah, I believe it is it is it the big one that we that I'm thinking. Um,
2: I I I do most of my mail order mm-hmm. from Forbidden Planet, yes. in London, mm-hmm. which is huge, yeah. And then any going in and buying off the shelf, I do from Orbital in London. Yeah, right. Which is um. An Eisner award-winning one. Yeah. It's very nice. Um, and there is one now in Milton Keynes, which is where I live, mm-hmm. called Magic Kingdom. But it's not that easy for me to get to. Ah. So, and because I'm in London fairly regularly, mm-hmm. I'm afraid I'm not very good at supporting my local, local one. But um, I do still go there, just yeah. fairly infrequently. And I also give them all my... Um, I give them any comics I don't want, though, so they can give oh, it away to kids.
0: That's pretty good.
2: For, like, their giveaways. So I do that for my local one. Yeah. Um, but they seem to be doing all right. they They've started opening on Wednesdays now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember Perhaps you... That's the one in Milton Keynes.
0: Yeah, I remember you sent the photos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, they... they, 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 they the, the, so the Magic Kingdom in Milton Keynes, I'll give them a pimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that anyone else lives in Milton Keynes, but, like... Uh, they opened. They were open because they were connected to a game store, and the game store... Decided to start selling comics, and they decided to open the store next door, which is comics. But because the game store was already being closed on Wednesday, mm-hmm. the comic shop was always closed on Wednesdays. And I'm like, you know, if I can't go there on Wednesday and get the new comics, what's the point? <laughs> which, yeah. and, and it's like a bus, and it's a bus ride away, so I have to kind of pay to get there and blah blah. So, um, I go there less frequently, but now apparently they're open on Wednesdays. But, um, the London, one, Forbidden Planet, it's huge. I get it from there. It's the cheapest to get mail order from because mm. obviously they buy in such amounts that they get the biggest discount, like a substantial um, discount
0: compared to the others or
2: uh, noticeable. Oh wow! Enough to cover okay. enough to well cover the postage. Yeah, but I feel terrible for doing it because I feel I should get from a smaller shop. Uh, so I kind of do a bit half and half. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't. I. Y- It's hard to think of Forbidden Planet as your local. Right. Because... It's so big. It's just such a conglomerate. And also they tend to get a lot of variants and stuff like that because they're ordering in those kind of quantities. So Orbital's the one I would probably uh, pimp the most. I love them. Okay. They're they're right next to a little Mm theatre. And they're right by a tube station, so they're dead easy for me to get to. Yeah. And... It's exactly what you imagine. They're probably no bigger than any uh, anyone else's comic shop. They're certainly not small, mm-hmm. but they're not they're not big. Um, it's just one floor, and they've got the, the this week's comics, last week's comics, all in one display as you go in, mm-hmm. and then they have indie co- a little room of indie comics, a separate room, very cool. What? Yeah, separ- then I mean they have indie comics in with the main stuff as well, but they have like a lot of small press stuff yeah. and. They sell the Ditko comics. They're the only place in England that's selling those. Okay. Oh. Um, then they have a little exhibition room. And they tend to have lots of art exhibitions on mm-hmm. throughout the year. Cool. I can't remember what they've got at the moment, but I know it's a good one because I know I'm planning to go. But it's quite little, but lots of nice. And then just um, the rest of the room is back issues. Yeah, right. And uh, then lots. Like, can you,
0: can you spend hours sifting through it?
2: You probably could. I never oh. get the chance to because I'm usually in I'm usually in London to meet my sisters and they get very bored of me being <laughs> looking at comics. But the last time I was there, I there's three big comic cons coming up in England. Mm-hmm. Or two big ones and one smaller one, but my local one. So I thought I made a list of all the people that I didn't have a lot of stuff from to get signed. Okay. Uh, and I thought I'll just go, I'll just go to Orbital and see what back issues I can get. So um, I, I I I spent a good hour there last time picking out ones that I wanted. Like um, I buy a lot of comics digitally. Yep. So because obviously I'm not that near a comic shop. So I didn't have say I didn't have the Moonlight ones by um, the Deathrons in the Family. Yep. Because Ortega is going to one Whoa. of the Comic Cons. Ah, so lovely. So. So I went and picked those up, because I thought, you know, that's that's really bad of me if I don't even make an effort with the Moon Knight ones. Um, <laughs> shamed into it. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. The pressure's on, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then which other ones did I buy? I bought some Captain America, because Ed Brubaker's going to one of them. Awesome. He's,
0: oh, he's a big Although name,
2: right? He's great. I, I presume the queue for Ed Brubaker is going to be so long that my chances of getting anything signed by him are zero. But, you know, you've got to take something yeah, exactly. that isn't... I, I mean, obviously, I've I've got trades of his, but I just thought, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And then foolishly bought one that he didn't actually write. So that's a <laughs> story for another day. But his name's on the front cover. Don't ask. He oh. he um he, um He gave story advice but you oh, can okay. actually write it. Consultants. So I may have to go back and buy some more. Yeah. Um, but I went to spend like 25 quid on back issues. Um, it was quite fun.
0: Yeah. And you get some really good uh, discounts from those cons. I remember you, you came back with a whole swag of back issues. Like, you know, just from... Yeah, well...
2: Free, free Comic Book Day and yeah. various sales they have. There's another one in London called Gosh, which is very nice. Yeah. Um, and they have a whole pound... They have a whole pound box of valiant
0: oh yeah that's it
2: and uh I got some really nice ones there like I got the shadow man all black cover oh
0: you're lovely so I didn't
2: even know it was a, I didn't even know it was a thing until I was there and I was like oh I want it now yeah. um I think solar
0: solar has uh, an all black cover as well I remember that in the old iteration one thing. of
2: them does yeah, yeah yeah um so orbital doesn't ha- tend to have that many cheap ones they do have like some 50p bins hmm which is where I got a lot of authority from. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, but but they all have different discounts, and sometimes they have half price ones. And then bizarrely, I used to live up north, like 350 miles north of here, up in Newcastle. Yeah. Which, if you've read Hellblazer, you will know all about Newcastle. <laughs> so I used to live up there, and uh, I go up there every year for Free Comic Book Day to the comic shop up there because I go and visit all my friends in Newcastle blah blah and they have all their back issues 50p yeah, right. right so th- that's where I tend to go mad on back issues and go, yeah I'll just take the whole box and like yeah
0: you know that's cool that's um so yeah that's I mean fun. uh so look what I'll do I always like to add these in the show notes and try to try to um, share the love, so to speak, for, for the local comic book stores. So I'll put in um, um, Forbidden Planet, obviously in London. I'll put in Magic Kingdom. Um, do they have a website, yeah. do you know? Or, or a face- they must have a Facebook. Uh, they've got a Facebook yeah. page, okay. yeah. Facebook I'll do a Facebook page. link. And um, Orbital Comics, I wanted to also mention, and um, so they've got a nice store, but they also release a podcast as well, um, Rebecca, which you've... They
2: have, a, they have several podcasts. Oh, they've got several, podcasts. Yeah, okay. they have a... Okay. Well, they've got a couple. They have a, a normal sort of like uh, a normal comics podcast mm-hmm. and then they have one where they look at TV and film stuff. Okay. Superior TV and film stuff. They've got a really interesting blog as well that kind of explains Mr. Miracle to you issue by issue. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so Yeah, they do some really cool things. So I quite like that. And Okay. Bizarrely, one the first time I went in there, uh, one of them was like, do I know you from Twitter? And I was ah, like, maybe. Lovely. So now, so now we now we chat a lot. So when I go, in, oh, that's good. Kind of like
0: feels more friendly now. That's almost a segue to um, the next bit. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll grab those things off you, Rebecca the Orbital. Uh, yeah. Maybe the, the information I'll put that in the show notes. Now the next thing I was going to ask, and I could have gone down the usual track of because I usually ask, you know. Um, how did you get into, you know, writing or podcasting? Or um, I was going to ask you about podcasting, uh, but I'm going to steer clear of that. Um, Connor from Sons of the Dragon and myself, uh, we both shared our stories on His Isle of of how we, we kind of met you. So I want to actually open it up yeah. to yourself and to you, Connor Shue, as well. And maybe both of you can explain. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Serious Issues, um, comic books and uh, Serious Issues podcast. I was wondering if um, both yourself and Connor maybe can describe. Uh, you both have uh, administrator roles on the Serious Issues Comics group Facebook group. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and maybe um, explain or uh, how you both came about that, and 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 uh, actually maybe give a plug to Serious Issues as well. What they do.
2: Yes. Uh, well, first of all. Um... It's all your fault, right? <laughs> Number one.
1: Bloody
2: hell, right. Uh, I mean, as you, I, you, I don't, you must know. I mean, well, first of all, for everyone who, like... The reason I know Ray is because we both listen to... We both listen to the same Defenders podcast. Yeah. Or Defenders podcasts. Yes. And then from that, we, like, chatted a bit more on Twitter mm-hmm. and stuff. And from that, we chatted a bit on Facebook, I think. I offered to send Ray a Iron Fist comic from New York Comic Con. Yes. Because uh, I knew he'd said in comments that he was a big Iron Fist fan. And at some point in all those conversations, Ray said, I've been listening to this, like, serious issues <laughs> podcast. You should come listen to it. And, you know, because it's from your it's your comic shop. Is, um, yes, King's it's Comics. It's your local comic shop. Yeah. yeah. So King's Con- Comics in Sydney, so Ray's comic shop, um, kind of sponsors... As in, they provide all the comics for a podcast called Serious Issues, mm. which is done by one of the girls who works there, mm-hmm. and another guy uh, who know a lot about comics, yes. and it's a lot of fun, and they talk about all the weekly comics, and kind of review all the number ones, and then talk about their favourite ones from everything else, because yes. you can't read it, everything, mm. and there's a Facebook group attached to it.
0: and A massive group. So obviously, you
2: know. Yeah, it's 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 got really big. So um, once I started listening to the podcast, obviously I joined the group, mm-hmm. we chat there. But it, and then eventually Levens, who's the guy who does the podcast, asked if I was interested in admining. Yeah, and and actually, and um, thought, yeah,
0: why not? Serious issues is where we came across why young Mister Stevens as well. Uh, yeah, hello. Where so we
2: came across our yep, yeah, changed made... our lives <laughs> for the better. Yes,
1: they they dragged me over to the defenders. Uh... Defenders pod as well. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. 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 Because uh, oh, for sure, like, um, yeah. And, and so,
0: how do you? How do you both find? I'll, I'll open it to, to both of you. How do you both find? Uh, do you get a lot of uh, like trolls trolling, and and do you have to do a lot of censoring on, on the on the Facebook group? Ge- are people are generally good. I mean, it's a huge one. There's about two two and a half thousand people on there.
2: Yeah, something like that. Um, no, we don't do a lot at all. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's, it's, um, it, we probably did more, uh, before Levin switched on the having to get posts authorised.
0: You did, but you still do more, a lot of the stuff that, yeah, you do more now or?
2: No, it, no, no, we do less now oh, okay. because like now we, now we see every post before it goes oh, live. Course. Yeah. So if people have posted, to be honest, the thing we get in touch with people most about is spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So somebody will have read a comic on Wednesday 8 in the morning in Australia mm. <laughs> and we know Americans aren't going to get it for like you know, 12, 13 hours yeah. and they'll be like, oh my god so-and-so died, yeah. and I like, can just yeah. rewrite it to say like, yeah. <laughs> has anyone read this comic? You know, like, put spoilers in the comment. Um, Is really the thing that I get in touch with. I mean, we get, look, we obviously, there's obviously people who make dickish comments mm. Mm. and one of us will try and get Involved and say, yeah. you know, have a bit of respect for each other. But actually, it's uh, I think remarkably hassle free. Yeah, and and
0: is there like um, so as in contributing to to the page as well as being admins as well? Do you do you post up certain things? Um, I know before. I think Rebecca, you did panel of the week, right? Um, and Connor, I know you're, you're quite yeah. prolific in, in posting stuff up, like solicitations and fo- so forth. Uh, are there things that you both look for to um, to make sure is on there, you know, as quick as possible?
2: Uh, I figure that most things somebody will post. Um, yeah, I guess if that's I'm a good reading it, yeah. then yeah. I mean, like I used to do the solicitations a lot, and then I worried about how much I was posting and maybe other people would want to. Mm-hmm. Um so now I try and hold back. I'm online a lot and I work from home, so I have a lot of opportunity to see yeah. to scroll through comics news. Right. Um yeah. I I think you know I I broke the big Bendis going to DC story. Yeah, right. <laughs> probably probably my proudest moment that I was <laughs> on, online at the time. But but also I mean the thing is that if we do it it tends to be quite um we'll tend to go in without adding much. This is great. This is terrible. Uh I'll just be like, he's moving. That's it. Yeah, very objective. That's the only real difference, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the only difference if we do it. Um, Yeah. But no, I mean, the group's actually really got a lot of people in it Mm -hmm. who are very cool and very even.
0: And they share, I mean, yeah, it's great with that amount of people, I guess, how much you can share and and what each, you know, what a lot of people bring to the group, which is good. Um, Can I ask both of you maybe uh, I'll throw it maybe to you first, Connor Shue. Um, So, without oh. naming names, what would be the most um, hilarious or, uh, how should I put it, entertaining issue that you've had to deal with um, from oh. someone, one of the members or members, I, or you know, uh, in the group? What, what has been the most
1: memorable? I think, I think there's only one that takes the cake. Yeah. And... Uh... Rebecca and I fought together to destroy it. But before, probably one of the bigger things that made us do post approval was uh, this wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, must have been about early 20s. Mm-hmm. Who was just a big fan of this river. He just loved ah. the river. <laughs> he took photos in front of this river <laughs> and used to post the CSG's grave page about the river. The river? Just like yes. a river? The river. It was just a river, but he, he loved it. He loved wow. that river. <laughs> <laughs> was, he was well-dressed, standing in front of a river. Someone was taking the photo for him.
2: Wow. It... I got into so much trouble for deleting that post. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it seemed a
0: bit odd to, to take photos of a river, river in a... um. In the...
2: It was a spam account, ah. and I deleted it. I deleted it, and, and then everyone just thought, Oh, we really missed the my guy. <laughs> Okay. and I've never felt so guilty for doing the right thing in my life <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, yeah. anyway Serious Issues is a is a very entertaining podcast and a very fun group so um, again that's something that I think Connor and I have put on the show notes before but we'll chuck it on again um, and but
2: answer the questions if you sign up or you won't get approved
0: oh they're questions are there what
2: yeah. are the questions they're very simple what are they What's your favourite superhero no. and what's your favourite podcast?
0: Ah, oh, okay. But the second one has They're to. That's very easy. They're literally. The second one has to be no. Su- they no. just
2: okay. it's... No, it doesn't. It could be anything you want. Uh, it's to prove that you're not a spammer. Uh,
0: <laughs> look. Um, we actually put in some questions for the ITK group before ages ago, and uh, I remember just putting three like simple ones, like you know, name the personalities of Moon Knight. Um, I think I can't remember the other two. But it actually put off a few people. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think there's a couple of members going. Ah, oh, look, I was going to join, but I couldn't be bothered answering, like having to answer questions. So I don't know. We'll... And and I guess ITK is small enough anyway to, um, yeah, right. To do. That. I mean,
2: like it was literally. It's literally just to get rid of spam people. Yeah, yeah. Spam. You know, people who don't really
0: and so. people that want to talk about rivers and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, it's a very nice river. Yeah, oh,
0: I'm sure. I'm sure it is very picturesque. <laughs> yeah um look we could talk about rivers all night long but uh <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna subtly I'm segue i'm not that much to say guys i'm sorry <laughs> i'm gonna subtly segue to um a final question that we usually ask um people and rebecca um how did you get into moon knight
2: how did oh god, mm. it's a hard one. It's not hard at all. My sister was into Moon Knight. Oh, that's a,
0: that's right. That was a big thing, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, my old sister was very into Moon Knight. and told me to read it. And that was that was it, really. Yeah, and were- uh, and as, as you do with your older sibling, yeah. you say no yes. for a long time, yes. Yeah. And then you grudgingly have a flick through, yeah. and then, yeah. and then you go, oh, this is actually quite good. Yeah. It's exactly the same way I got into Doctor Who. It's, she was very into Doctor Who. I was like, mm, I don't know. It's very hard, and then started watching it. Yeah. It's
0: very hard to get over that hump of the, the sibling thing. Um, I had that thing with my sister yeah. as well with the violent femmes. Uh, they started listening to it first, and I didn't want to get into them because my sisters like them. Um,
2: and right, I do, and it's well, not because you don't like your sister. No. <laughs> it's that you
0: want
2: you all want to have your own. That's thing.
0: it. It's all about identity. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. so even to this day, although. The violent films are pretty cool. I, I have a, a slight aversion to them because, um, yeah, because of my sister, which is a shame.
2: And then I and I, def- I definitely got the but he's Jewish, and it's like okay. Oh, yeah. And then and you know like it's going to amuse everyone, but like when it finally like hit me with Shadowland, and I know everyone hates yeah. Shadowland, blah blah blah, yeah. blah blah blah. blah <laughs> but I you know I don't hate it. Um, the Power Man Nine fifth story is amazing in mm. it. And um the Moon Knight story I think, is pretty good. Yeah. So Yeah it's it's good. Um <clears throat> so because I was reading those, I read the Moon Knight one and mm-hmm. then went back and read more Moon Knight and got because like, before it'd just been very like whatever she handed me I'd read. Yeah. And then <clears throat> So that was kind of how. And it's like it's kind of weird that it was Shadowland that eventually did it, but yeah. that was more when I was actually reading regular comics. Yeah, yeah. So you know, because there, there were big breaks between school and university, mm-hmm. and you know when you're doing other things. I know nowadays people aren't as much, and like comics are more of a But we, I had a big break between like the ones I had as a kid. Yeah, yeah, and 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 then and then having actual money to buy them myself. Yeah. And, so that's the gap. Like I went to this boarding school, mm-hmm. and probably didn't read much then. Uh, would it be fair to say
0: as well? I guess between the three of us, that the. Um, the big renaissance of, of reading Moon Knight, so to speak, would have been the Jeff Lemire run. Is... Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, like, I read the Warren Ellis yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, the Warren, of course, out. the Warren
0: Ellis one as well. Yeah, of course, yeah, that was that was very good. But the
2: but I wasn't. I mean, I love it, but the Lemire stuff is more my thing, like of the introspection and the. Mm. And also Greg Small. Yeah. So you know, you
0: know. <laughs> I mean, that was partly the <laughs> that impetus. Really, I that was partly the impetus, Connor, as well, I think, that we started the podcast. I mean, the very first things that we covered was the
1: whole Lemire run, which I... um. Well, yeah. Yeah. That was um, what I was going to say. I, was, uh, like, I I got into Moon Knight through um, the bottom and, uh, you know, all of uh, the Houston and... Uh, Benson oh, and... Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're actually how I got into there. But you know, Lemire was, you know, this community and having more people than just myself to talk to about it. So yeah. Lemire probably the most special yeah. of the Moonlight yeah. runs.
0: I, I don't know for me as well. It, it's a, it's the most special. Also because I think it's one of the first like recent arcs that we covered as well. And and I oh, know I wonder if um you know if we we started this podcast a few years earlier. If then the Warren Ellis, um, Brian Wood, and Colin Bunn run would have this same kind of sentimental um, connection that, that I think the, the Lumiere run has for us, because it was so much fun, Connor. I mean, I remembered like almost every issue. We were going way out of the gates, you know, like ten out, ten out of five, you know, twelve out of five. <laughs> it's, uh, it was just, it was just mind blowing. So, um, yeah, yeah.
2: But I think, I think, I think Connor's right. I think that something about having these communities now where you can talk about mm. comics as they come out
0: mm. oh absolutely um it,
2: it just it, it adds so much to them
0: yeah it's so much fun just to yeah exactly discussing it like um back in the day like <laughs> without saying like an old fogey but didn't have really that could only rely on um just your your friends you know um and you know not having many friends that that really were into comics it's um
2: I had no friends yeah. who into comics when I, when I got back into them after school, mm. zero friends. They all looked at me as if I was like so weird. It's been so hard, um, to, yeah. And then and then Sandman came, and we'll talk yes. about Sandman in a bit. Actually, good, but that yeah. changed everything for me. Yeah. so like, uh, in terms of knowing people who wanted to talk about comics, mm. so. and Connor, you're the same as well. I'd imagine
0: smaller, smaller town, or smaller school.
1: Yeah, well, there's yeah, there wasn't much comic talks at all, and I really avoided it until I, I don't know, two three years, two years ago, I'd say. Yeah. And you know, serious issues was you know, the place that really talked me there because mm. that was the only place I could actually talk about it. Yeah. Even still, mostly. How, how about like manga? Connor?
0: Um, w- w- was it were there f- friends or was there a group there that you had that, um, or was that no online, no not
1: well? that either. Well, yeah, no, I sort of found that through the being able to talk about there as well for serious issues. And no, I had the manga, you know, I was reading manga uh, before uh, a lot before comics. Yes, actually, yeah, yeah, probably the first. Yeah, right. Okay. Well,
0: I think um, I think again the Grant Mansion being uh, dusty and and musty as it is, I think it's about time, guys. Have you have you guys finished your drinks?
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> excellent, Connor. Yeah, um, you want you may want to hold on to that tea bag because um, yeah, I mean
1: yeah, that's what that's what
0: that's
1: what they say pockets are for.
0: Right? <laughs> that's it. No, <laughs> maybe if you ask nice, we can we can get Jenna to to just um, give you a hot cuppa to to dunk that one in. Um, yeah, let's let's go make our way uh, now. Again, we'll take another short break. Um, we're just going to hop in the uh, limousine and uh, let's make our way towards Jenna's diner. We might as well talk about your four books over there, Rebecca. Um, yeah, yeah. Happy with that?
2: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's
0: do it. All right, we'll uh, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Dave,
3: and I'm Stu, and we're from the Signal of Doom. We're proud members of the collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight Podcast. Okay.
0: Yes, welcome again. Thank you, Loony listeners. We are now amongst it. We are in Jenna's Diner. Um, it is uh, why not? It's it's very late night. Um, you know the neon signs are up. Um, you know we've got truckies coming in, uh, getting there early, early, early breakfast. We have uh, other people rounding off their night out, and uh, we found a nice booth here. Um, are, are any of you um, are any of you hungry? Or, or always. Well, we better get you that cup cup of Connor as well. So uh, let me just. uh, Hello, hi, Jenna. Hi, yes. Um, Could we uh, grab uh, some hot water for Connor? He's got his tea bag here, and there's. um, Yeah, he's just like he's kind of like Crawley. Yeah, Crawley's over there. Hey, Connor, Crawley's waving to you. (laughs)
1: Let me me, uh, let's show some these tea bags some. uh... Comradery. <laughs> they're exchanging tea bags or they're, they're, they're comparing tea
0: bags. Um, cool. Jenna, we're, we're just going to grab. Can you just get us the, uh, the, the daily special? Uh, right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Alrighty. Okay, without any further ado, I am going to crack my copies open. Uh, Rebecca, we have four exciting books as your Isla Ra books. Uh, as always, loony listeners, in our episode summary, there will be encrypted links to Rebecca's four books, so if you don't want to be spoiled, don't hit those links, but if you want to read ahead and come back and listen to our, I guess discussion on the four books click the links and that should take you to what Rebecca's four books are so um, Connor, have you got your issues out as well?
1: Always with me
0: Always with you, of course. Excellent. Like uh, like any a good comic book fan. Uh, Rebecca, um, okay, so we're going to start, I guess, on the two. If you were to rank these out of from one to four, uh, what would number four be on your list?
2: This is, I, I don't like ranking them. It's hard <laughs> enough to get it down to four. And honestly, if I was going to go on any desert island... <laughs> Probably none of these would have made it, and obviously I'd have big thick omnibus trays.
0: Yeah. So, like, no, um, it was, it would, you know, life and it's death.
2: very hard to pick four. Uh, life or death. Yeah, and you had to, um, you had to. Listen,
0: <laughs> had to pick four.
2: I would put probably uh, Midnighter at four. Midnighter
0: at four, okay. So Rebecca has chosen... which is
2: hard, because he's one of my favourite characters. So
0: he's a pretty cool character. This is the first book I've read of him, um, and he's pretty cool. Oh <gasps> yeah,
1: we need to. Well, we need to get you on that. I was, I
2: was, I was going to pick an issue of the Authority. Yeah, and I reread it all, like I reread Ooh. the Ellis Rock. Okay, and th- they're actually quite hard to appreciate standalone. I thought uh-huh. every issue, so. I went with one that I thought would be easier as a standalone issue, and that's what I mean. I, I juggled it around a bit between favourite characters and favourite runs. Yeah. And, uh, so this is uh, Midnight of Four yeah. from the 2016 run by Steve Orlando. And this time the artist Stephen Mooney, mm-hmm. and uh, even though the, most, the series was done by Akko, most of it. So yeah. it's quite early in the run, mm-hmm. and it's a crossover... With the Dick Grayson title. Grayson.
0: Okay, so that was my first question. Um, it does he usually team up with Dick Grayson? But no, this is uh,
2: no. Okay. So this is in the run-up in the run-up to Midnighter being. So if, for anyone that doesn't know, the Authority was a Wildstorm comic. Wildstorm DC got Wildstorm. Um, we had no idea that they were ever going to integrate the two, and all of a sudden in the Grayson comic, Midnighter turns up as a. Not a baddie, but an antagonist, mm-hmm. like who comes in and sort of um, is is annoying at Dick. Yeah, and then they announced there was going to be a Midnighter series, and then so there was a, basically Midnighter first arrived in the DC universe, as far as I know, in the pages of Grayson. And the reason this issue is particularly in, in, interesting to me is I made a very good friend because of it. This specific issue. Because uh, someone randomly asked on Twitter yes. uh, if they were reading Grayson, would they want to read Midnighter? And I replied, that's funny because I'm reading Midnighter and I'm wondering if I should go read <laughs> yeah. Grayson yeah. because of this issue. Yeah. And then because Steve Orlando had retweeted all of these, oh. we ended up chatting and she's now one of my best friends. Oh, cool. Like or, That's how I met Olivia. Pixie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Specifically through this this issue Right, of awesome, so that's that's why I picked this particular yeah. one, and it works quite well as standalone.
0: Yeah, well, it, it certainly uh, was a, an easy, a like, lot, you know, a, an enjoyable read um, for someone who yeah. totally has no idea um, who Leonardo is and and you know the thing of it. So the the story, yeah, is definitely
1: a standalone. Kind um, of, what are your thoughts on on this issue? Oh, I mean, there's anything I love. It's Grayson. And Midnighter. I love those two characters, yeah. and I think uh, I think we need to get you reading the Authority, yeah. Stormwatch. We need to get you, which is funny because they're both Warren Ellis books, right? And I think just to go on Rebecca's comment before, it's funny because we think of Moon Knight, mm. Ellis's Moon Knight is so standalone and you know yeah. one issue off, but Ellis is probably like one of the most like doesn't make sense until the sixth issue kind of guys. Yeah, outside of yeah. and I mean yeah. Course.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, but the authority—the authority is great. I, I definitely recommend everyone read the Warren Ellis one of the authority. Uh-huh. It's very different. It influenced so much that came afterwards. Okay. In terms of a superhero team that didn't feel they needed uh, to get permission to come in and and step in, right. didn't care about world governments, would just come in and say, "We're powerful. we we've got it." Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: And uh, and. You know, everyone always jokes about Midnighter and Apollo being sort of gay Batman and gay Superman, and they laugh about it in this Midnighter run. Yeah. But um, there's more to them than that. But the yeah. interesting thing about the authorities, they all have such interesting powers um, right. that, that you just don't see. You know, like we again, we talk so much about which comics borrow from other comics and yeah. which characters have got the same power sets. And honestly, you get to, like, the authority, and, and there's a few of them that you just... Just come from nowhere, yeah. these power sets, and you're like, it's great.
0: So who who and, uh, who are the authorities? So it's it's beyond Midnighter and Apollo, right? There are more. Yeah,
2: yeah. M- there's Midnighter and Apollo, which became very famous because mm-hmm. they get married in it, and it was one of the first gay kisses in comics uh-huh. and blah blah. So um, there's Jenny Sparks, is one of the four starting members. Okay. She's the British smoker, cool. spirit of the 20th century. So. Um, her power's electricity. Uh, because that is defining power of the 20th century. You then get to find out she's part of this thing where each century will have a Jenny attached to it. So the 21st century is Jenny Quantum. Um, and eventually you meet the ones from the Steam Age and stuff like that. Oh, Very cool. Okay. Uh, and there's Jack Hawksmore who has the... Power to uh, inhabit a city or be a city. Oh, to a city. I remember
0: you telling me about this. Yeah, that,
2: yeah, yeah. There's one. There's one comic where he gets Paris to rise. Right. But we're not talking about like the people. We're talking about the actual buildings. Mm. It's a crazy. There's um, the doctor who's like shamanistic. There's uh, the engineer who has nanites ah. <laughs> in the pre-bloodshotty world. Okay. Um, well. But she's like she's almost more nanite than human. She can do any. Um, she's kind of got live wire type powers okay. in terms of Te- techno. not the electricity, but the actual machines. Yeah, yeah,
0: technopath or something. She
2: can plug into any machines and do that. Yeah. Um, and it's just they're Ooh. they're very cool. Yeah. There's others and there's others that come in and out of it. Right. Um, it. I think it has a drop of quality when Martin Willard takes over. No. Everyone should oh, believe yeah. that. They might not always believe that. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> they, you know, Grant Morrison's done it. Everyone's done a bit of a run on the Authority, okay. but it's never quite. Um, you know, there was a new 52 uh, Stormwatch. Oh, okay, uh, there was. Very recent. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, which famous, that was Paul Cornell started it, famously got Midnighter and Apollo back to their pre wedding, de- like to when they were first falling in love. Oh, okay. Um, but also very famously has Midnighter with his hideous chin spike
3: shin so Spy.
2: You spend most of the... Co- right. Yeah, you spend most of the comic laughing about his ridiculously bad outfit. Right. Um, and, it, re- and like, all the new 52 things jig So I guess that's when they were first in DC World. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, I, I know this, and yet I'm lying about it. But <laughs> then uh, they got Steve Orlando, who's a queer writer, to come in and write Midnighter. Mm-hmm. You're not really sure. Sh- um, it, it starts with um, him and Apollo breaking up. Mm-hmm. Um this is obviously before they've got married I don't think they're married in current DC continuity, mm. so like um and uh and it's sort of Midnighter trying to find out who he is really. Okay. Because we know we know um we know Apollo's real name and we know something about his background mm-hmm. but we know very little about Midnighter. He's been experimented on, his power is that he can like he's got a fight computer in his head, he can predict how a fight's gonna turn ah. out. So he's an amazing fighter, right? Yeah, and um, and hyper violent, enjoys it. You get none of the Batman angst, okay, much more moon nighty in that way. Yeah, I was
0: about to say, uh, um, the best as- aspects yeah. from both of them, that man <laughs> pretty much.
2: Yeah. Um, plus this kind of snarky sense of humor. A lot of the run he spends just like I think the first a bit of comic, ninja, the first issue of this run. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, first issue of this run starts with him uh, going on grinder to look for guys. Yeah, okay. So um, <laughs> he's kind of shameless about, but he doesn't know his real name, and that's what they split up over—like not knowing who he is right. and not wanting to know who he is. Yeah, and uh, this whole run is kind of like solving s- some of that problem. Okay. So in the middle, you just get this kind of like. But in the middle, he does these like superhero things. So like here, he's taking—he uh, goes and kidnaps Grayson, basically. Mm-hmm. And takes him on this mission to go and attack people who are killing vampires, creating yeah. vampires. Yeah, this was a
0: very, a very yeah. interesting. In in, the, uh, I like the premise yeah. of it. it. It reminded me a little, on on the uh, on the surface, it reminded me a bit of Blade, um, more so the movies of it. Yeah, because um, it's had this underground yeah. vampiric kind of well world, but but in this instance. The vampires are the victims, and um, it was it was yeah it was pretty cool. I I didn't know what to expect.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like um it's like the mob are letting people kill tied up vampires so they can feel like they're superheroes. superheroes. Yeah,
0: which is a very weird concept, but yeah. you can kind of understand it, right? like there's a little niche for it, you know, to to have that empowered.
2: Yeah. in in yeah. in a world where superheroes exist, yeah. you imagine that this could be a thing.
4: Yeah, but
2: there's there's so much humour in it, like from like you know like from Grace and sort of like from Midnight to Laughing and saying, I hear you like taking orders from men in black, yeah, yeah, you know, while making little Batman signs and a little Batman
0: profile, um, yeah,
2: yeah. So, um, to Midnight of being very happy with his sexuality and flirting wildly with oh, Dick Grayson. so good, <laughs> um, to, to the incredible fight in a sauna,
3: yes, yeah, you know, that was that was good which actually,
2: has, has become has become in and of itself one of the most talked about things.
3: Really? How, how come? Because,
2: because so many people will show you that page of them showing off their abs.
0: Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> as I walk <laughs> right. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: because it's, it's, so, it's something you don't see a lot in comics, in mainstream yeah, comics, that's true. Yeah. where a gay guy is allowed to flirt with another guy yeah. um, and the other guy isn't offended or upset about it. Or doesn't laugh about it it's just totally like him like you know, you get midnighter saying things like, Does mine measure up? Yeah I just yeah. wanted to hear you yell my I just wanted to hear you yell my name. Yeah, yeah. In the <laughs> next they they have a, they have a, they have another team up in the run and they share a room, which is quite funny. Uh, um but there's there's no kind of like there's no it's it's just a, a totally normal thing yeah. as it should be. You know, most gay people most gay people Most hetero (laughs) people have gay friends, and most gay friends, most gay people have. Like, it's quite normal for these things to just be like joking
0: Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to see like like, the dynamic of the two because um, it is it is a dynamic you don't often see in comics, and it's it's quite refreshing.
2: And and Midnighter jokingly says he's brought Dick along to make sure he doesn't just kill everyone. Yeah, yeah. But you get the feeling he just wants him along. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. There's there's a real. He certainly
2: doesn't really need the help. Yeah, yeah. He can take
0: care of himself. And and so we have this um, this master vampire or something turning um, homeless people into vampires and and they in turn yep. become the um, the, the, victims. the victims of the the mobs or people who want to kill um, yeah so it's um
2: yeah it, it pretty much yep. goes through that it, and it's a, yeah, it's pretty it's a nice it's a nice fun little concept of you don't see it very often yep. the fight the action scenes are great and uh,
0: so what? Yeah. What is um you don't, apart from being really good at fighting? What's Midnight's power? Because he slices a guy's head in half with his hand.
2: What, what was
0: like towards the end? Yeah,
2: I don't. I couldn't. I don't. I don't know if he was using his hand. But okay. I don't know what he was using. Right. Because I was like, has he got? This? I was like, is he got a chain in his hand, or he's got something? Right. He definitely takes someone's like face off. Yeah,
0: it's kind kind of quite clean. Um, maybe it's the the spike gauntlet I don't know Um, I'm not sure yeah but um
2: there's anyone I was rereading I think he's got I think he's got some sort of like cable or something that he likes yeah right it
0: could be like a garotte wire or something could be his could
2: be his hand you know yeah but then he jokingly says it's because I was out of stakes yeah (laughs) (laughs) While, (laughs) while Dick's looking at this kind of like Beheaded guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the art the art is great. Um, there's a lot of uh, lot of action, enough action, and, and plenty of violence there. But as you say, um, there's a, quite a refreshing um, um, dynamic yeah, between the
2: uh, two. You get a little bit more stuff about. I mean, they talk about things like the God Garden, which, if you're reading the whole run, would be a bit more obvious. Yeah. You get Dick in the pub afterwards, sort of saying, you know. I am gonna f- help you find out about who you are. Like we know, they've got your file. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like like the friendships.
0: Yeah, it's it's very good. Uh, it? um, yeah, Russia. Uh, the, I mean, like I said, the art is, is quite nice. I do like the yeah. art. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Connor, had you had you read this before as well, or? I it... Oh, Connor, I was just wondering if he had read. Oh, oh. sorry.
4: Yeah,
1: uh, had you yeah, read. Oh, I yeah? mean, yeah. I love, um, yeah. I got, I found out about this run because of Grayson, which is just one of my favorite DC books of all time. Mm-hmm. I just love how fun that is, and this just carries over the fun. I love, I love Midnighter here because he's both so edgy with his work, like with his suit and his violence, but he's such a like, you know, he's flirtatious, he's funny, yeah. kind of like just doesn't give a shit. There's none of that really heavy edge to him. It's just, it's just a lot of fun while also being quite macabre and yeah. you know heavy hitting when it wants to be and it's sequel um, Midnighter and Apollo as well as just uh, yeah right super just
0: yeah you know, he, just you. he certainly I, I like his surety and um, uh, he's obviously really um, yeah as you say Rebecca there's no angst really he seems to enjoy what he does um, and yeah I, I find that the, the big difference between Midnighter and and I guess the likes of Moon Knight um, well actually Moon Knight Moonlight does like what he does as well, I guess, is a certain um, morbid enjoyment in in causing pain as well. But um, yeah, he's an interesting character. I might have to take um, you both up on that and and check out the authority. Um, at least wanna, I want to want to check out Apollo at least because he he's a he's a high level, high powered person, isn't he?
2: He has Superman level powers, but he's powered by the sun. Yeah, isn't isn't so Superman powered by? The char- sun? He needs to charge. Okay. Up. I, he needs, yeah, but Apollo actually needs to charge. Right, it. cool. I think I think we do. I, you know, like so. I'm sure you're about to learn a lot more about <laughs> yeah. us. will ever know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, there, there's points in the authority where they'll literally be like, "Quick, put him in front of the sun now, ah. and then he can go do these crazy things." Cool, cool, cool.
0: Oh well, um, we'll, we'll check that one out. But um, yeah, this was a good. It was a good one and done. There's a, obviously a, a few more threads here to um, to carry on. An arc into into the subsequent issues, but um, yeah, a really good a really good um, uh, spotlight in, into into Minot. I love it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I agree. I loved Grayson as well when I got into that because of this. So. Uh,
0: yeah. So I I know a, a few loonies are uh, you know read a lot of DC as well, and uh, a few of them like like their Dick Grayson as well. Uh, is Dick Grayson Nightwing? Have I got that right? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent. So, what would your um, third favourite one be, Rebecca?
2: Uh, ee, let's do Ivar. Ah, oh, yeah, because I love I love Ivar, but like you so know, cool. I'm just thinking of the other two. The other two to come. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, yeah. I okay. So, sorry, Rebecca. Can you uh, maybe shout out the credits for this uh, this issue that you've chosen?
2: Yes, this is issue two of Ivar Time Walker. Uh, by Valiant, so it's Valiant Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a twelve issue from a twelve issue maxi run. It's Fred Van Lente, Clayton Henry, and Brian Reba on colours, and um, Iva's not in very much, so they're slim picking. So I picked one from quite early on in the run. Mm-hmm. Because it's a as as you may guess by the name, either time walker, it deals with time travel, and time travel stories only get more complicated as they go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is one of is, and you know, I, I thought long and hard about what valiant comic to pick because there's other runs I like just as much. But yeah. I think it is such a perfect maxi series, and yeah. it fits the twelve issues perfectly. I love the character. Yeah. I love the skills that. Um, I love the snarkiness. Yeah. And th- I picked this one because it is called "Let's Not Kill Hitler." <laughs> and and I have for- which uh, yeah says a lot about uh, time travel and exactly where they're going. Well, it's a very
0: this. it's very clever. I think Van Lente does a really cool uh, way of interweaving this whole thing about "Let's Not Kill Hitler" into the whole, I guess the whole the whole stream of it. And I forgot how actually how enjoyable either time Walker, is to read yeah. I remember when I first read this, I think I binged it, so I read it one after the other, all the issues. Yeah. And as you say, it got more and more complicated, so I tended to get a little lost in things. But now like just yeah. rereading just this issue, like as a stand issue two, and you know, spending enough time to soak it in, it is so I uh, must Van Lente is a, a great writer, is so well written. Yeah. Clayton Henry is brilliant. It's, it's
2: just yeah. yeah, and uh, Perez does some of the art. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. There's lots of there's lots of really good art in the series. There's one of the most stunning double page spreads of all comics. Yeah. in in the in the, the series. Um, so basically, Ivor's one of three brothers. Mm-hmm. The other two are actually immortal. Yes. He didn't get to immortality. Oh, okay. Yes. But he, yes, but he can travel through time. So essentially, he's immortal. Mm-hmm. Uh. So. Uh, the other two are much bigger in the Valiant universe. Yes. So you've got Armstrong, who's in Archer and Armstrong, mm-hmm. and the Eternal Warrior, who's in many series as the Eternal Warrior. Yes. Ivor doesn't come into it very much. Um, so this was quite a big deal, I think, when it came out. I came to it late. I came to all Valiant late. Mm-hmm. Um, especially came to this one late, because it was just like, it's kind of outside all the big titles. Yes. It's, but it's so fun
0: yeah it is very fun and it has that disconnect doesn't it but um, despite Ivan not being in it that much you have uh, Neela who's is that, that's her name isn't it yeah who's really yeah, good yeah. like it, she, she's kind of the avatar of, of, as you you know as we read through yeah uh, and it's just so fantastic I love how um, actually before we get into it Rebecca in, in, in a nutshell um, what kind of happens how do we what is this whole Hitler thing that we're talking about
2: Right, so Leela is a physicist, Mm -hmm. and in issue one, this guy turns up and basically says, you've got to come with me, we've got to save history, and she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're about to invent time travel, and we have to stop you. That's that's your basic premise. Mm -hmm. So she's very new to it, she's following him around, um... Very start of this issue implies that there might be a family reason why she wants to try to change history. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've ended up in prehistoric times, so they're talking. Basically, he has a, a, a stopwatch that will show him when these time portals are going to open. Yes, and he gets to where they are, and he he can navigate them. That's his skill. He can navigate them to get to where he was. So they're having this discussion about whether you can change history, about the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I'll prove it to you." Because, as we know from all time travel stories of every genre, the first thing people talk about is going back to kill Hitler. Yeah,
0: yeah. So
2: the way way this comic deals with it is by showing you why in this world and how they set up time travel here, why you can't go back and kill Hitler. And it's nothing to do with preserving reality or whatever, preserving timeline. It's about the fact that that's what all novice time travellers are trying to do. So the only people in the room with you are other people yeah. trying to kill her. It's self. such a
0: fun concept, you know, that you actually, which
2: is a, it's a great concept. Yeah. and in between you get get all this stuff about sort of how in their world they don't stand out because she's um, Southeast Asian yeah. origin.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like. So they've got. I, I like the um what Van Lente does as well. No, adding uh, little bits in the world as well little bits of, um, I guess, scientific knowledge. The, the first bit that sprung out to me was the dragonfly at the beginning and how, you know, why yeah. is it so big? Because I think that what, there's a certain percentage of more oxygen in the atmosphere, um, which yeah. is the reason why it's bigger and which is the reason why. And he does this thing with a couple of flint stones, uh, and he's able to kind of fashion it like a little fireball from it because the atmosphere is so rich with oxygen. Uh, I like those little, little scientific geeky things and... Um,
2: yeah, I like them talking about Hawking. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean and then you basically go through a timeline of Hitler. Mm. So starting in Vienna in nineteen oh nine. Yeah, is, is that um, accurate? Is that accurate? Like what happened to him? I I believe it's so, how, so yeah, how cool yeah, it is, it is, is that? Is. I love that historical
0: yeah. aspect as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I like he's talking about like the desire to like go back and kill Hitler is known as Godwin's law of course it's not that's not what Godwin's law is <laughs> but um it's very close so it's kind of funny that they've dumped that in there ah, right because um, Godwin's law is <coughs> it's the amount of time on any internet forum where an argument will devolve to um calling someone a Nazi or comparing them to Hitler right so it's Godwin's law in case you don't know what Godwin's law is yeah, it's quite famous ah. um, you know as people be fighting on the internet they'll be like you're such a Nazi that's Godwin's ah, okay. law oh okay okay um, um, so that, then they go to like First World War where he was a minor grunt interestingly mm-hmm. enough Midnighted has a run where he also goes back to uh, oh. when Hitler was in the First World War hey. and he knees him in the crotch <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that he can't kill him, yeah, he uh, <laughs> does, he does it the midnight away yeah. Um, so uh, look, look, my, yeah, and they discuss.
0: My my favorite. So she
2: almost kills him there. Yeah,
0: my, my I was about to say my favourite cameo of Hitler was in Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, where, <laughs> where Indiana yeah. Jones bumped into him and and um, he thinks he asks for his autograph and just signs up book. Um, yeah. Anyway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they do that one. She. Decides that she can't pull a gun, mm-hmm. then you get a full glimpse to Then you get this weird eyeball thing. Yeah, that, that, that is another time traveler. Yeah. But it's very funny. It, it talks. It says "lol" and things yeah. like that um, because it's supposed to be the human race has become. It's an aggregate of all social networks
1: <laughs> in like thirty thousand. Yeah, yeah. AD yeah or something Yeah, so he's kind
2: of taking the piss out of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, so he becomes their um, nemesis for this run. Yeah. There's some really beautiful, like, uh, panel layouts where they're climbing through the panels. Yeah. And zipping through time. Yeah. Um, which goes to show what fun they can have with the concept. And then you eventually go to 1944, so you're going to go to his, uh, Hitler's bunker. Mm. I, I had to um, I had to
0: stop and marvel at the... Um, I do love that splash page where they're kind of surrounded... By the the soldiers? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I just stopped and really had a good look at it. Because I, I don't know. I just like the angle, the perspective. It's just so well drawn.
2: Yeah, I like that it's just when he says, oh, I'll improvise. She's like, can you just <laughs> <Yeah>. improvise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but I like that, you know, like, most people be totally phased. And Nila actually gets a handle of being rude to people back right at the end. Yeah. Um... It. they're basically separated for interrogation yep. by these Nazis and right at the end you, if you know him yes. you get to see yeah. the Eternal Warrior yeah. come in dressed as a Nazi as well I had
0: to, um, che- I had to cheer for that as well like, like I'd totally forgotten about all this um, and it was great
2: to see he does actually, I mean he, if you've been reading this comic he does actually appear in issue 1 as mm-hmm. well um, because he's in the Napoleonic Wars there yeah um, and so they they have and he he helps them get off the boat and so so she has actually met him before and then it carries on and the next issue is like he's not there to kill Hitler so it is yeah. quite fun yeah uh, you find out what he's doing there but it's a it's a nice little I thought this was an of all it's hard to do a standalone issue in a time travel book as well
0: yeah, um,
2: yeah. but that one seemed to stand out the most yeah
0: this one was again quite a, a nice it rounds up really well uh, it left you, it leaves you hanging with a. With a nice little reveal at the end, but um, yeah, it was it was a nice tight story. Uh, Van Lente, I think he does really well with Archer and Armstrong. Um, I, I yeah. love his run with Archer and Armstrong, and reading this again, it just affirms that he's such a, he's such a good writer. Um, I think he's really underrated. I,
2: yeah, he really. Yeah,
0: because I
2: he, I think he is. Really angry. Yeah, very
0: much so. Because uh,
2: I love Archer and Armstrong Yes. Well. And I didn't at first, and then it just totally grabbed me. So well, I... I'm, it's another strong recommendation. Yeah,
0: I, I much prefer um, Van Lente's Armstrong, Archer and Armstrong than the... um There's one that was released... James Abbott. Yeah, more recently. I mean, it was okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but, um, yeah, Van Lente.
2: I know there's people who, like, strongly disagree with me on that. Ah. But I... The Van Lente... I love the Van Lente one. Yeah. Like, it just uh,
1: yeah, I, I just like what he adds to. I laugh to... so much in that run. Sorry, what was that comment? Yeah. Oh, I I like honestly laugh out yeah. so much. Yeah.
0: And he's such a good such a good title. Now. So Andy, w- was that part of um I think we should probably ask now. Uh, you gave me a list as well, Rebecca of uh, some honorable mentions. Like it was so hard you were mentioning how to cut it down to four. Oh, it was so hard.
2: Um, because like look, if people should know that Immortal Lion Fist was clearly going to be on yes. there. Yes. You know, yeah. um, there's going to be lots... I went through lots of Brian K. Vaughan. Yep. Store um, him. Obviously, Pet Avengers, but, you but, know, yeah. it's hard to put the Pet Avengers up with the biggies. I know. Um, Hellblazer. Hellblazer, Because yeah. I have a... T- I was going through the ones I've got tattooed on me, and I have Constantine tattooed on me, so Hellblazer's a big deal. But, again, it's kind of their heart authority if they tried yeah. and then you know I love Captain America I love Iron Man yeah. but they they, they it's, it's just hard to pick a st- and we're going to get to Sandman yes. but like there's too many that could be standalone issues yeah. so like it's hard when you're doing something like this you're kind of conflicted by the ones that make good standalone issues yeah. and the ones that don't which is why trades are a lot easier in some respects but it's an interesting uh Exercise, yeah,
0: yeah, no, it is. It's good, it's a challenging and interesting one. Um, as you mentioned, I'm just gonna look at the list here that you gave me a couple other ones that you'd mentioned Avenging Spider Man number five, uh, the cat as a comic artist issue. Um, that, that sounded interesting, it's adorable, yeah. and
2: if oh, it's so lovely. Everyone should read Avenging Spider Man five. <laughs> it's Captain America talking about why he stopped being a comic book artist, oh, cool, and Spider Man trying. Spider Man trying to encourage him to like do it again. <laughs> and it's it's really it's a really sweet little sort of just uh, so cool. how you can how you can lose something that you love. No. <laughs> you know, because you've got you've got bigger things to do and it's like but no it's important to sort of yeah. And it's nice to see Spider Man just just helping someone out. Yeah. That's cool. Without without any fighting or things going wrong.
0: Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Captain America Winter Kills, that was another one as well um
2: wow.
0: yes, well it's gonna aw the yes. yeah, yeah, yeah oh okay yeah your brew is just he's just solid isn't he um oh actually I see thank you Jenna our, our stuff has arrived um look I think before we get into your last two Rebecca uh we might just take a yeah. quick short break once again uh we'll be right back uh but yeah we'll, we'll go through
1: your final two. Hey there everyone! I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And, we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTD on any social media outlet.
0: Hello Loonies, we are back again and as you know we are speaking with our co-host Rebecca on her four Isla Ra books we have covered two of them so far uh, one being Midnighter the other being Ivar Timewalker both very strong titles and um, urge you to check out if you want to find I don't know, something a little different to what you may be collecting at the moment uh, and we have our final two coming up oh, hang on hi Crawley, how are you? <laughs> yes, yes. Connor's a tea drinker. Uh... <laughs> uh, yes, Crawley is just wondering, Connor, if um, you
1: had any more tea bags. Oh, mate. If there's anything I carry on me? It's a tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I hope English breakfast is okay. <laughs> uh, I think oh, great grey tastes like soap.
2: Are you kidding me? English breakfast is the best tea. I'd just like to point that out. Yeah. Anyone with any doubts? Yeah. Best.
0: English breakfast, not Russian carrot. We have confirmation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. No English breakfast. Okay. Well, Crawley, there you go. How's English breakfast for you? <laughs> okay. Okay. Off he goes to get another cup of tea. All right. We've got our last two here, Rebecca. Um, and to reveal the second last of your books, or the, or the number two, I guess, ranked number two. Uh, what are we looking at this time? Sandman. Sandman. Sandman.
2: I'm going to pronounce it Calliope, I know that's wrong, and I don't care. I thought, no, I believe that's wrong.
0: Well, isn't there a pronunciation in the issue? And that's how I took it as well, and he he says Calliope. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I had, yeah, Yeah. I had no idea as well what it would be, so I'm sticking with Calliope as well.
2: That's how I pronounce it, I always thought it was nice name. So, um, it's the first issue in the Dream dream Country arc, Mm -hmm. which are... Separate issues that are all. You have the first, you have the first trade which sets up everything, and mm-hmm. <coughs> it's all about Sandman being captured and how he gets free, and it's followed by these ones that are just a bit more loose standalone issues. Mm-hmm. So um, the Sandman's a big deal to me because uh, after university, uh, my sister started buying it um, in single. Mm-hmm. So she has the full run, and obviously I was living with her at the time. But I used to read them at the same time. It was the first time I'd got back into regular comic reading. <coughs> and Sandman is incredibly adult, mm-hmm. incredibly literary. Yeah,
0: it's beautiful.
2: Um, it's lots of references to like John Dee. To to li- I was I did an English degree, so you know, like even in this one, there's a Midsummer Night's Dream. It's all about. Shakespeare and his interactions with Dream, um, and uh, it, it was just—it was just these were the things we were talking about. And then from this, a friend of mine gave me *The Adventures of Luther Arkwright, mm-hmm. it's a time travel one. Well, it's a parallel universes story, which is why I could not find a standalone <laughs> that that would work. Uh, it's Brian Talbot, drawn and written. Highly recommend it as well. For those two comics i absolutely credit with getting me back into comics and keeping me in comics as an adult because at the time i couldn't afford anything i was just buying it. and my sister apparently also has all sorts that she also has Shape the changing man mm-hmm. and um she had some spawn and like but i only read sandman i was yeah. just like just give me sandman yeah I, um
0: I, I think i think with sandman yeah. it's great because as you mentioned it's um there's real. it really is a divide devo- um I guess a balance between comic books and literature as well. The way that Neil Gaiman writes it, it's um, really, yeah, it's it's really nice. Um, I don't know how else to, to really describe it, but it's it's very yeah, game. I mean,
2: it's a lot of the... Yeah. S- it is, and but it's kind of on the dark side of Gaiman. Like, mm. I think, like now, even he writes a lot more sort of humorous stuff in in with his. But it's it's a uh, gaming in that it's very urban fantasy. Yeah, yeah. So it's about yeah. the um, you know, and I know a lot of people now say it doesn't deal with a lot of things as well as it could have dealt with them. Yeah. Um, but it's very much a product of its time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's what it's what established him as a big name, yeah. and I'm sure if he was writing it now, it'd be very different. But uh, it is what it yeah. is, and. Uh, the reason I picked there's a, there's a lot of great standout issues with Sam and that's the difference. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, shall I do death? The death issue? Mm-hmm. Should we do the um, the um, Orpheus issue, which is amazing, mm-hmm. has Constantine in it, um, and that's the other nice thing. So you have like drop-ins from other other characters you might know about.
0: But that faded out um, later on, didn't it? it? It initially began with a bit of the death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: So you, and and then you're dealing with. The, you know, like there's a lot of books I've read where you have like um, anthropomorphic death and dream and time. And so this is kind of the same. You have The Endless mm-hmm. and how they interact with humanity. And, and the reason I picked Calliope is because as a, as a kid, as a, whenever it came out, whenever it originally came out, yeah. uh, so I assume I was in my late teens, um, let's see, 1991. I was 21 when mm-hmm. it first came out yes I am that old um, um, and it was it just hit me mm. like really hard about like it's kind of brutal it, I mean it is brutal, yeah. it's a story about rape it is yeah and, and abuse and, but also about Greek muses yeah. and so Calliope's one of the muses, she's the youngest muse um, this is a story about how someone captured her mm. And is using the using her to be their muse, yep. and eventually sells her on to a younger person who then does the same. Yeah. And, and, and these are, this is and a writer, so
0: Gaiman's obviously it's kind yes. of you know mirroring Gaiman, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Erasmus Fry is an actual person, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and Madoc, uh, Richard Meddow. Uh, well, right, it's not a real person. No. Richard Maddock. So, no, I mean, they're, they're very close to real writers. Mm. And and what they're doing... So, you know, and it's all... It's like you know this is what people would do. Mm. Like, you know, this is what... You know, like... It's, it's basically a Faustian story, but without them losing their soul. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they're making a deal to get the fame and fortune. But in this point, instead of the, the Faust stuff, now they're just raping a young woman. Mm. Who absolutely doesn't want to be there, no. but is but still has this effect of of being the muse. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's it's um, such a
2: because she is actually a muse. Yeah, it's such a thing, and she's not drawn. She's she's not drawn pretty mm. in there. Yeah, she's drawn bony and kind of unpleasant looking. Yeah, like her hair's yeah, not nice. Some, she's not looked after so. well. It's not. I mean, I'm sure it would get a lot of. Hatred now as a comic, but I just remember how much it affected me at the yeah. time, and I think that's why I picked it over some of the more fun ones like the Death Issue, yeah. um, and even the Orpheus Issue. Uh, yeah, um, yeah.
1: I think what I love about the like, um, yeah, what I love about this, I guess, and why I think there's a definite of its time for the '90s, of course. Like, there's no escaping that. But I think what's so good about Calliope and how it it still. Stands up is the fact that it's never exploited. It's just raw, mm. like the way yeah. they talk about rape, both the characters and you know the way it's narrated is just so you know dist- disgusting and real. And the way they portray these two writer characters is you know way too real, and their like in their morals and their in their ethics mm. and their approach to this. And it's just like yeah, and they just, it they actually don't even makes tr- you feel disgusted, yeah. which is. Yeah. What you mean? Yeah,
2: you, you're disgusted throughout. Yes. Even when yeah. he says, like, his fir- the first thing he did was rape her nervously, and then it just becomes a matter of course. Yeah. And then she sort of prays to the other muses, and they're like, kind of, well, yeah. there's nothing we can do. You were captured, yeah. According to to the, how it has to happen. Yeah. And they're like, well, there must be someone you could ask. And um, and she was like, yes, just send everyone, even a Neros and the yeah. is Sandman. Yeah so it, uh, it's the other
0: name for Morpheus, yeah. so I mean it, I mean Richard, and so you
2: obviously know you, you, yeah you obviously know from there that there's some connection between them you just don't know what it mm-hmm. is yeah um,
0: yeah and I think like Richard as well I just wanted to say um, and touch upon what you were saying Connor about him in general and Erasmus as well is that uh, he's he's not a likable he's not a, a likable character at all and um, like the first thing is like he's had, he's got writer's block, so he's looking to somehow get around that. You know, by almost cheating. You know, because he's come across this thing that will enable him to to unblock it, and in the scheme of things, not be a natural way of, of come about. He, you know, he's, so he's going to try and get um, Calliope, and then he abuses her. Like, not only does he yeah. does he gain from her, but he abuses. You know, he's golden goose, so to speak, as well, uh, and and so yeah, it is a um, is this this is whole um, thread of of disgust. I, I found like oh, this guy is not not really a nice guy, and, he, and he's starting to get more fame and fortune, but he's still, um, yeah. he still even justifies what he does to her, saying, "Well, look, she's a thousand years old. She's not really, she's not really human anyway."
2: Yeah, she's not. Humor, yeah, which is again
0: like really terrible thing, <laughs> terrible things. So
2: it's really awful. Yeah. Um, no, they do mention, and they do mention that Calliope and Dream have a child together. Mm. Um, but that's all we know about it. Uh, and yeah, you get the but Yeah, you get Richard Maddox. and he's they are just hideous people.
0: Mm. But then Morpheus, um, and the, actually, one-ups them um, after Calliope asks his help. Yes. Mm.
2: she does eventually say, "I anyone, just come get yeah. me."
4: Yeah.
2: Um, and this is what she refers to when they told me he'd just been imprisoned, mm-hmm. um, and he was. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and she says, just do whatever you can, yeah. like free me.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting, actually. I didn't and expect him to do what he did, which is actually show up face-to-face to Richard first. I thought he would have gone through some yeah. sort of dream or something, but he actually tries to reason with him first. like In the yeah. fact that, just stop doing it, you know, just let her go. And I think he gets he gets a sense of Richard when he goes, you know, who are you? Get out of here! I'm not going to do that. And that's when he takes the next step. Yeah, Mm.
2: yeah, yeah. Um, And I love that as well. Like you know, I love that the sense that uh, Morpheus, who everyone's like, she's been scared of calling. She's not called him before now. Mm. Um, She suddenly calls him, and um, and he'll come in and just be this kind of horrific guy to this guy but he deserves every bit of it so again it's kind Mm. of me wanting every bit of revenge possible yeah absolutely Um, and he basically drives him mad with ideas yeah like you think he's going to kill him or do something like that but he does exactly what what you'd expect him to do suddenly Calliope is looking more beautiful Mm. in the last few panels Yeah. yeah yeah And,
0: uh, and actually, Gaiman's writing of when he starts spurting, Maddox starts spurting out all these random ideas, it is actually just a beautiful yeah. bit of prose. Um, it, you know, it is totally random, but uh, I guess, you know, the words yeah. themselves, the uh, way he describes it, it's um, it's really quite captivating when you read it.
2: Yeah, it, and you can imagine someone just spewing out ideas like that, mm. but it's so horrific that he starts writing on I the know. wall with his fingers, because oh. he has to get the ideas out. Yeah. And it. it it very much gives you the sense that Samman was a horrific book as well as like yeah. you know remember some of the more fun things we all remember like Delirium mm.
4: and
2: Desire and, and and all the Destiny stuff but right in the beginning when they were like doing this and where they had the serial killers convention yeah. there was some proper like considering now I will say that I don't read horror yeah. you know I was really into this yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah this is very much horror how, yeah how Mrs. Hellblazer little. on the arm yeah
2: yep yeah. yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> it's very. This was my nineties. You know. Yeah,
1: it's it's certainly a
0: really good a really good book. Um, from here, Connor, had you read this uh, first time round, or is this a re- a reread for you?
1: I uh, yeah, I definitely plan to reread this and Hellblazer. I love Nani's Vertigo. That is like when I got into comics, the first era I tried to catch back up on was then. Mm. You know, it's just it is quality. It was, stuff. I, I love. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it's. it's a mix of like fun darkness mm. political commentary yeah you know, yeah and I'm not sure Hellblazer but it like... is
2: really raw yeah yeah. Mm.
0: so who else from Vertigo I mean because I've only really read Sandman and Gaiman you know, is it just Gaiman that is bringing this quality are other Vertigo oh, actually Grant Morrison I think I I think I did a, I did an Alara with Animal Man I'm not sure if that was Vertigo no mm. maybe not well yes was it
2: Hellblazer yeah.
0: Paul Blazer, yeah. So um, who are the other riders that we should watch out for in like, around this time, I guess. I mean, are they all the same or is it
1: just pure gaming? No, you got like um, um oh, Lots. Yeah. Alan Moore's uh, Saga of the Small uh, Thing. Yeah, Alan Moore of course, you've, yeah, true. You've got uh Peter Milligan's Shade the Changing Man, mm-hmm. Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol and Animal Man. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grant Morrison's quite good. I do like that Animal Man. But yeah, the gamans are cool. And and art wise, here this was actually quite good. It reminded me, it had similar. Um, it, is this? Because um, uh, I'm about to say it, it reminds me a lot of Sam Keith, but it's not him, right? Is it? No. Illustrated by Kelly Jones and Kelly Jones and Malcolm Jones. Jones. Malcolm Jones yeah. the third. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of. Look,
2: it's it's not my it's not it's not my favorite art, mm. but. Um, I don't dislike it either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kelly Jones, I, I find too like inconsistent, but then he does some really standout panels for me. So yeah. uh, reading one of his books is never like undesirable. But, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'd always love someone like Sam Keith or yeah. you know, some of the guys that did later on this book. Oh, look, absolutely, Connor. About
0: inconsistency, like a few of the facial expressions here, you get some real jewels of um, of, of portraiture here from um, from Jones. But then you get some kind of what seems to be rushed almost um um depictions along. But uh yeah, it's um pretty good. Enjoyable. Enjoyable. Alright, well that leaves us to your final one, Rebecca. And I'm gonna again have to lean heavily on yourself and on Mr. Conshoe yeah, for this.
2: We're all we're all gonna lean heavily on kind <laughs> <laughs> of so Transformers: More Than Meets the Eye. Yeah, a very new addition to my comic reading. Right, yeah. but honestly, hand on heart, is probably the number one omnibus I would take away with wow. me. Wow, I think it is one of the finest comics being written.
0: Connor, that's that's um, a testament to you because I that I, I do remember when you were first starting reading Rebecca More Than Meets the Eye from the from. Yeah,
2: well, I had a few I had a, I had a few friends on Twitter who kept going on about okay. it. Um around the run-up to issue 50, um, we're always saying, oh, it's great, it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really going to read Transformers comic. Yeah. Whatever. So I've heard a lot of people only ever talk about it in good terms. And then I talked to Connor about it as well. And I was like, you know, maybe... And then there was a sale on comicology, and I'm like, maybe. Huh. Maybe now is the time. Yeah. And just fell for it. <laughs> and... Uh, and now I'm completely up to date. It's going to end for us in October, mm-hmm. which is very sad. Um, but it will, it's such an achievement of a run. Yeah. It's, it's, but, um, and, and look, as, as previously said about my age, I have zero connections to the Transformers. Mm. To me, there was something my stepbrother liked oh, okay. when he was 11. Yeah. And I was just, and I was like 18, and I was like, yeah, really, whatever. Uh, you become indeed you know.
0: with them now be- through the, the comic books.
2: I, look, I'm never going to love all Transformers, but I particularly like these yeah, ones. Yeah, And uh, I, I don't know if it will ever make me love the Transformers, because I recognise like, this is a very unique uh, part of the universe and yeah. um, a unique set of Transformers. But I will. It has taught me to be a lot less prejudiced mm-hmm. over what I read and that if somebody says something is a quality run, mm-hmm. that it doesn't necessarily have to be characterised as this yeah, sure. for me to enjoy yeah.
0: it. Look, um, before we get into it, I mean, I just wanted to, as an absolute newbie as well, I, I did find, and we spoke about this, Rebecca, as well, about it being a little difficult. I um, I found it a little difficult to follow myself. Um. Uh, I, I can appreciate. There's a different sort of banter and a different sort of dialogue that happens between them. That it, it paces differently from um, the comics I'm used to, which I immediately noticed a difference in that. Uh, but yeah, not having known any of the, the Transformers myself, um, I, I kind of kind of lost who was who and, and who was talking. It's,
2: yeah. it's, uh, it took me ages yeah. to be able to like work out who was who. Yeah, there are so many of them that look the same mm. to me. Um and a lot of us have had the same problem. Right. So um I didn't I didn't pick one of the standard ones people pick as a standalone issue right. which is my bad, but I did pick uh I did pick it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, it's so so not only does it have the witty banter and the this, that and the other and the characters you can't really recognise, um it also has time jumping. Mm. Yes. So it doesn't help. No. Like You actually have to pay attention to what to what times yeah. things are happening. <laughs> so I picked issue 12. Issue 13 is one of the ones people would suggest you started with as a standalone. Okay. But I, I read issue 13 and I was like, eh, I don't know. I, don't, I still don't think you'd get as much of it. I've given us the start of a few big relationships. Okay. So that's, um, I guess, one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, it's James Roberts mm-hmm. and... The art by Alec Milne. And what else can we talk about? it? There's not much of a story to it. This is the story so far is the story so far. Mm-hmm. It's about Rodimus, who is leading a ragtag group of Autobots on the Starship Lots Light in search of the legendary knights of Cybertron. Mm. Now, this summary says that's all you need to know. I'm not sure that is all you need <laughs> to know. But that's the basic concept of the whole more than meets the eye thing. Okay. And the only other thing you need to know is... The war between the Autobots and the Decepticons is over. Okay, right. So they even have some ex-Decepticons in their crew, right, Connor?
1: Yes, your uh, bigger, your big, uh, your big uh, purpley boy, Cyclonus. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was actually a real big bad right up until till the end. Uh, Drift was as well before he defected. He's the samurai looking, uh-huh. looking son of a bitch. Uh, who else? I think that's. The only amount early on. Right. Uh He doesn't really like a side face. I really like a samurai, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the samurai
0: sword. He's got the... The slink. Oh, is that dude? Know, he looks pretty cool. And he's got the sword down the back as well.
2: Yeah. yeah. Sure. He's a good boy. <laughs> so there's a lot of... T- there's, I, I don't think we can really go plot-wise, plot-wise. Right, yeah, uh, sure. There's a lot of basically they're, they're preparing to mount an attack mm-hmm. and it's going to jump around. So we start uh, just over an hour and a half before the attack. And the comic's called Before and After. Um, there's a few key players. Cyclonus is, is going to be one of them. He's the one with the purple horns. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what should we talk. Like we're not. I don't want to talk about. Because it is confusing, and I
0: apologise for can that. I, can, I ask, um, can I ask? Rodimus is the the yellow yeah. and red one, right? And uh, yes,
2: he's the yellow and red cube that everyone always. Mops. What does
0: what does he turn into? Because I I have vague recollections of uh, Transformers, and I have a sp- sorry, a sports sports car. car. Right?
2: Uh, yeah,
1: it was like this Japanese it? sports yeah, car. Yeah,
0: because I remember yeah. when I was.
2: He used to be he was called Hot Rod.
0: Oh, Hot Rod. Yeah, okay. I think that was the one. I remember when I was little um, that was one of the most sought after. I think
1: it was him. It was I remember red and yellow and I remember it being a uh, I'm just wonder if it was him. Yeah, it? he was the like the main of the uh, Transformers movie and then the season that followed that.
0: Uh, ah, right.
1: Yeah, okay. Cool. And and Optimus
0: wasn't he? You got kind of Sorry.
2: Optimus is, uh, yeah, he's he's not in more than meets the eye. Oh, okay. Uh, he more than meets the eye starts with a comic called if you buy the trade, the death of Optimus Prime. Ah, oh. oh, he died. So, oh. well, <laughs> you know, there's a comic called the death of Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Megatron makes an appearance way later in the run. Okay. So you find out. But you get you get it you get some of the banter. It's written by a British guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the banter. I very think I jokingly said I think I jokingly said that if Ivor wasn't on the list and if we'd have the authority instead of a Midnighter issue, mm. um, most of mine would have been British writers, which <laughs> says something yeah. a bit weird about the things I naturally um, yeah. like. Well, there are a lot of um, really good British humour <laughs> is
1: the best
0: humour. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I there agree. is
2: there is a distinctly British sense of humour. Yeah which tends to be a little bit self-deprecating a little bit sarcastic Mm. um and i actually thought it was weird when i gave you that first list and they literally were all british writers (laughs) and then i was like oh well maybe you know because um i originally i think it was only the valiant one that might have not been because they don't have many british writers um but originally i was because originally i was toying with the exo wedding issue
0: yeah yeah oh that would have been a good Um, one as well love that issue
2: yeah, which I think is another great standalone. Yeah. But then I was like, eh, everyone knows Ivor's my favorite, so we should pick Ivor, yeah. uh, even if he's not the most big name of value. I know, that's a strong but, issue. So yeah. um, it's definitely one of the things I like about More Than Meets the Eye is that, you know, there's a sense that, that Rodimus is definitely not the world's greatest leader. Yeah. You know, even, even in this one where they're debating like whether you brief someone before or after and debrief them you know like when you brief someone when you debrief them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um they're the laughing about him always saying to all of one <laughs> you know there's, there's a healthy sense of like uh, uh of a little bit of mocking going on even within leadership and I, I kind of like that yeah, yeah um yeah I mean kind of w- w- I, I love it.
0: sorry Rebecca
2: no no it's alright I was just uh
0: Oh, I was about to say, Connor, what What are your thoughts on this issue as well? And, and being a, a Transformers guru, how does this weigh up, I think, in the scheme of things? Like, um, is it, I mean, obviously, as Rebecca said, it's a, it's a hard one to, to jump into. Um, how does it go from
1: here onwards? Um, well, I mean... I was like a Transformers fan as a kid, dropped out, and it was only because i just read about anything anyone told me to read on Reddit back in the day that I read More Than Meets the Eye. Mm. This book that actually got me back into Transformers, you know, this is kind of like the top tier for me. Yeah. But I think Rebecca and I both agree that this issue and the three that follow it, the four that follow it in this specific volume, volume four mm. of More Than Meets the Eye, are just some of the best for just like awesome. really just annoyingly amazingly emotional moments from a bunch of bloody robots <laughs> that just yeah, yeah. this
2: is really it's basically volume it's basically volume 4 and uh, it it's, it's if you're reading the series like however confused you are and i was like super confused mm. you read this one and you're like i'm in okay like i didn't know the i didn't know these robots could make me feel like yeah, this yeah i remember you saying that as well um,
0: like i remember you saying uh, you, you added on to i can't believe robots are <laughs> giving me this sense of yeah, yeah. satisfaction. So, yeah, yeah. no, great.
2: Uh, so there's certainly something. So you, um, you get some of the big relationships in this one starting and finishing So yeah. uh, sorry, i have now and I, I now have a kitten helping me. Uh, can <laughs> uh, we hear Ozzy Is
0: Aussie uh-huh. near, anywhere near the mic? He's not.
2: He's, he's near, but he's not feeling squeaky at things. Not not bleating. Um, <laughs> no. So for anybody who wants to know what the kitten got called, he got called Ozymandias. Yes. Very Ooh. cool name. Yeah. Which is which is the Greek version of Ramesses. So if you wanted to know if there was a Moon Knight connection, <laughs> there you go. It's a little pharaoh's name. Yeah. I, I um,
0: suggested to Rebecca Bushman, but just wouldn't take. So.
4: <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't going with that.
2: consu was on the list for a while. Yeah. But... Um, yeah. yeah, and well, you know, be confusing
0: if I call my cat Egyptians God. did like their cats, so it was a nice little thing. Yeah,
2: and and uh, so what else? Uh,
0: sorry, oh, it's better just no, I
2: was just uh, I was just about to
0: ask Connor about yeah, Gibsy. Is he is he around? No,
1: nah, you buggered off. I had to I had to deal with him.
2: Lucky buggered off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got jumped on a few. Jumped. She got jumped on a few too many times.
0: <laughs> oh, she must just love it. Oh, he's, he's
2: just going. He's he's off to try and unplug the. Con- we had a literal gladiator match going on
0: earlier.
2: <laughs> he was like leaping in the air and jumping at her, and um, he's very interested in cough sweets at the moment.
0: Yeah, you're saying he was taking them out of the wrapper, or, or, or the packet.
2: No, out of packet, the packet. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and then ra- any he, he tipped the bin over to get all the wrappers. <laughs> and i found i found five wrappers in my room this morning I just strewn across the floor he knows
0: what he likes so,
2: <laughs> he knows he knows what makes good cat toys yeah. <laughs> and the it's anything he can like carry around with yeah. them and uh, make a mess with
0: yeah i I've, uh, I've had an epiphany as well i've just left the door ajar so there's no more allure for the cats you know there's no more mystery so flipping mace um, and bug it off as well. You know, they just, you know, they're bored. Usually when I close the door, they're either meowing and scratching at the door, so I think I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he does. Oh.
2: <laughs> well, I, I always leave it I have, Um, I actually have a toy rat oh. that I use as a doorstop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, occasionally one of the cats will run off with it. Oh, we heavy. Like, and we'll find... Oh. No, it's quite... It's, it's. I mean, it's big. It's yeah. like, it's a big, cuddly toy rat, yeah. but... Um, half Aussie's size no. but it hasn't stopped him from picking it up and carrying it to other rooms <laughs> like if he feels like it so
4: yeah. um, oh nice
2: but now yeah now he's just patrolling my desk uh, throwing pens off <laughs> at the moment <laughs> yeah. mortally offended by the fact I have a pen on my oh, desk oh yes
0: they cannot have that there not at all
2: <laughs> no no um, it's it's just a bad thing yeah move
0: so yeah so Transformers more than meets Rebecca was come, come in at number one uh, and look as, as you said an omnibus of this would be the most desired thing on Isla Ra um, yeah
2: and it and and looks like it might be coming once yeah. the uh, run is
0: finished yeah cool so when did it start when did this whole run start
2: I think it's going to have been eight years by the wow. time it finishes that's
1: sound
0: right yeah t- Connor uh, wow
2: six years I think it's, I think it's um, 2012
0: that's a good long run yeah so six yeah. years yeah. Oh, yeah from IDW Well, we're talking just one publisher same kind of yeah wow yeah. jeez it's
2: uh yeah and uh, it'll be what 80 issues in total yeah. something yeah. like that
0: cool
2: because it's um it starts off being called more than meets the eye and then switches to lost light okay for the last 25
0: issues. Right. Cool. And, yeah, actually, someone. another little, just one final thing. I noticed there was a Dinobot there. That's pretty cool. And what, is that right? Is that what they're called? The Dinosaur Transformer? I just noticed. Which buddy's is this? Uh, page 13. In, in this issue? Yeah, city. this
2: issue, yeah.
1: There's someone riding yeah. a Dinobot. It's cool. Oh, that's a... Uh... Him, that's actually a Terracon. Oh, okay. They're like weird monster things. Yeah, right.
2: Right. You see, that's what you need. Yeah, to Yeah, watch yeah. I think I, <laughs> think I
0: think so. I <laughs> a nice one. Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, I mean, those are the those are the, the four um, books, Rebecca. Um, thank yeah. you so much for for sharing that and. And loonies out there, I hope that this has been an eye-opener for, for any of you. Or maybe it's just um, reaffirming. Um, maybe you do collect uh, Transformers and have read Sandman uh, and Midnighter. And um, yeah, it, it's just really fun to, to learn about new stuff. These certainly, apart from ivor are, um, are new ones to me. I've only read. I think it was Sandman, The Doll's House, the, the first one, the first. Uh, oh. So yeah, it's, it's it's very very interesting. Connor, we're going to have to do um, an right for yourself as well one day. Um, and for yeah. you, <laughs> Ray, yeah, we've got to see what. Yeah, cracking yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're banding around now um, on Facebook. I'm I'm loving those ten day covers. It's really cool to see whatever everyone kind of posts up. Um, no explanation, just put your you know one cover a day. It's it's it's. That's been pretty cool. But uh, Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, again, Rebecca, I hope you I hope you um, get better with the with the coffee and, the, and the sweet. So you. if if only Aussie will, will allow you to have some of the cough drops then hopefully <laughs> hopefully then you can yeah. make a speedy recovery. Um, and so Loonies, uh, I will put all the show notes for Rebecca's um, uh, local comic book stores and her Isla Ra books onto the episode summary. So be sure to check that out. Uh, and also, as for next phase, just be sure to um, what we've been introducing is uh, the phases of the moon. So uh, just have a look up, have a look up, see what it is, and, uh, <laughs> and that will be the type of episode we'll have next coming up. But um, uh, yeah, as uh, look, we're still at Jenna's diner. I think. Um, Connor, I think Crawley was alluding to us going to a tea party. So I think we better get out of here. Uh, let's jump into the limo. And I think he's got a, um, a tea party happening um, down the road somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, are you, uh, you're all keen for that?
1: I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of tea party we're looking at. <laughs> I, More I know, he's a bit of Alice in Wonderland than probably anything. Well, he's a bit mad, isn't he? Safe, so I've, I've got no. Just we better just bring um, a mobile phones,
0: just in case. Um, but but in any case, as always, um, O'Connor. Oh, I guess uh, where can where can loonies find
1: us? Where can loonies find us? Uh, our all our cool stuff. By that I mean our website where we post all of our content, newsletters, all that stuff is Into the intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. We are Facebook dot com slash itk moon Knight. we have a fantastic group as well uh where we're chatting all the time facebook.com slash groups slash itk moon Knight. we're at itk moon Knight, mm-hmm. and i believe our gmail is uh moon night podcast at gmail.com yep. and also itk moon Knight. i've changed it as well <laughs> oh yeah so it makes it easier <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah feedback updates all around there we're on a Hopefully all your podcast catches were on YouTube, uh, Tumblr and all that stuff as well. Just search for either ITK Moon Knight or Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast, and we should be there. Mm-hmm.
0: And i uh, just like to add to that as well, we are part of the collective, so um, you'll note that we... Uh, try to support you know we, we try to cross-promote um, other collective members as well uh, a really a great bunch of podcasters and podcast uh, shows so if you're on Twitter just check out hashtag the collective network and that should uh, lead you towards any of the collective members it uh, includes comic based characters such as Namor, Ghost Rider, Iron Fist, they all have different podcasts, in humans, Adelan Rising, uh, as well as more broader comic book based podcasts like uh, We Have a Hulk, uh, I Am Your Target Demographic, which is on YouTube, and uh, also a couple of other ones, EMP and Weird Science Marvel Podcasts. So uh, check all those out, they're really cool, and um, yeah, just uh, keep on listening to cool podcasts. Uh, without any further ado, guys, I think we better head out and um, meet Crawley at this tea party. But, um, yeah, as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Bye.
1: Bye. More nights and affiliated characters,
0: stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated.